meeting is being recorded. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, everyone. Welcome to Food Fitness Family. It's your man, Big Daddy Blankenship. We have uh, Mr. Allergy Season, Marcus over here. He's uh, His eyes are puffy. He says it's allergies. I feel like I feel like it's something else. I feel like uh, he's probably high right now. That's probably what yeah. it is. Yeah, I woke up at 5.30 in the morning just blazing it. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> we do have a guest on today. Welcome, Mr. – would you like to be called Mr. Chad or Mr. Offerdahl or Mr. Chad Offerdahl or The Biscuit? The Biscuit. I was going to say, just drop the Mr. and I'll go with Chad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Chad is my client. Oh, God, we've only probably been together a couple months now. Uh, but we do train a lot together, so – we spend a lot of time together, so we've gotten to know each other really well. So we want to bring him on the podcast today to kind of talk about entrepreneurship and, you know, at the end, how fitness kind of made him go further in life. Uh, not exactly go further, but helped him hone in on what he does and, and become better. Um, but as always, we'll start with our first, not our first, last, yeah, last seven days. Marcus, Mr. Allergies, take it away. Hey, what's up? Uh, last seven days were solid. One of my biggest wins was on Sunday. I didn't have anything to do. And usually that would just turn into me just sitting down at the computer and working for like four or five extra hours because I had time to kill. And usually what happens is I just get burnt out whenever I do that. Like by, by Wednesday of that following week, I'm just like so mentally stressed. I haven't had any time to just chill and do nothing. So Sunday, I just got to binge watch some shit on Netflix and play some video games. And it was super awesome to get to do that. Um, aside from that, though, um, that's balance for me. And then outside of that, I signed up with three or four new clients this last week, um, which was awesome. Hit another PR business-wise in February, which is awesome because there's only 28 days in that month. Um, so that was super cool. But um, outside of that, not a not a whole lot. We went to the KU game on Tuesday night this week, uh, senior night. So we were there late. And I had the day off yesterday, so that was a good time. But other than that, man, that's about it. Hell yeah. How about yourself? Good. Dude, my last seven days was nuts. I, I got, I think I signed like four or five clients. Um, I did end up the month on a, a new high, which was nice by only like a couple hundred bucks, but hey, it counted. Same. You know what I mean? I had, I had a nice last day of the month, uh, which was nice because I did lose some clients last month. Uh, we went into our baby shower venues. I think we found what we like. Uh, went out to Lee Summit to check the progress out there. They're finally getting moving a little more. So that's nice. And dude, finally, we're getting these FN crew necks. Those crew necks I ordered like a month and a half ago, we're finally getting them. So, right as it's 40, 50 degrees outside, we'll get crew necks. Are those on. body shops or, or blank slate? They're body shops. Yeah. You remember the uh, the Eagle ones? Yeah. They're going to, they're those. We've had a lot of people asking for them, except they're going to be like a slate gray. Okay. Or, I don't, I guess that's the right word. I don't know. Yeah. Probably so. so, yeah, man, it was a pretty good week. Uh, you know, I have some stuff lined up for next week already. And actually I forgot to tell you next week, I will be out of town. Um, so we'll have to figure out what we wanted to do with recording. Uh, yeah. We were supposed to go to Paris this week slash Italy, but since oh, yeah, Tatiana yeah. was having the baby, um, we canceled. So but we're going to go down to Eureka Springs and get a cabin for a couple of days. So I'm That'd excited. Be nice. with that. Yeah. It'll be nice to get away. Uh, we've been going pretty hard. Um, yeah. So it'll be nice to kind of get away, put my phone away. Mm -hmm. uh, not worry about business for a couple of days and go from there. So I'm excited. How many days are you guys going to be gone? Just technically four, but three nights. So we'll leave Tuesday. We'll come back Friday. There you go. Um, you should do some mountain biking while you're down there. 
Yeah. <laughs> could not I, fucking you, see you. Tatiana can't ride like a, a fucking bike. Well, for you, a bike normal. For you, it would look like a bear stole a bike. If <laughs> people would be calling the cops for that. Yeah, I like mountain biking. Tatiana would fall. Tatiana almost fell over on an e-bike. Our neighbors at the bike store let us use their e-bike. Yeah. And she, she, <laughs> she couldn't do that for Dude, it was awful. I hate mountain biking. One time I, I fell so many times on the mountain, I just picked it up and carried it down the mountain and then walked two miles yeah. back. I could I could have just rode it back the rest of the way and out of spite out of that bike, I carried it all the way back to the shop. So strong. I was so fucking angry. I your like, bike's I'll... like this. Your bike's like this big. So it's No, like... it was a regular size bike. Oh, okay. regular size bike. <laughs> and a different time, I rented a bike uh, from my Airbnb on the beach in uh, L.A. And we got like a mile or two away from the house, and a goddamn chain broke on me. And that uh, was that was my other bike experience as an adult, and I won't ever do it again. See, Chad, he rented a bike from his Airbnb. Our Airbnbs, they can rent a Jeep. Ooh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, you're on to something there, man. Dude, I'm saying all in one service. So, well, Chad, uh, how, how was your last seven days, man? It's been good. It's been busy. Um, got started with a uh, full interior and exterior remodel on uh, our store here at 95th and Null. So that's actually not open currently. Uh, we'll be reopening that here in a couple of weeks. Is, is that the one right in front of your office? <laughs> yeah, I was uh, okay. telling Mark before we got started here. It's the one that's like 500 feet behind me right here. Yeah. Um, so they got that working. Uh, been evaluating some real estate for some more locations. Um, doing some interviews for a position I opened up here at the office. Things like that. I got then on the home front, had two sick kids all week. So uh, been helping with that. You know, that's how life goes. Did Cameron end up um, getting sick too? He ended up a couple days, uh, a couple days ago, he got it. And so, um, yeah, but you know, that's how it goes. Thankfully, uh, you know, Emma and I are staying healthy. So, uh, but uh, otherwise, you know, just been training with you and uh, things like that. So, been busy. So for, for those of you who don't know, uh, how how old are your kids? Uh, I got a three-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter. And uh, how long have you and Emma, your wife, been together? Oh, gosh, we met back in 2011. So would that be 12 years? Uh, uh, Marcus, funny me. story. Oh, yeah, I was about to get into this. I love this story. Oh, oh what was that? I didn't hear you. How'd you guys meet? Get- yeah. Oh, we, uh, <laughs> Caleb does love this story. We actually, our first store that we opened was the one in Shawnee, Kansas. And I was running it myself there because we were, we were just getting started. We were a small little operation. And so I was working there as the manager and, uh, she applied to be a, uh, a host and, um, a hostess and, with the mostess, a hostess. And, you know, she uh she started and she had a, a few of her friends there and you know she started asking me to like hang out outside of work and stuff like that and i stayed strong for a while i was like no i can't you know the whole thing of not dipping the pen in the company ink kind of deal uh but you know what i i held out as long as i could but then you know we finally started talking and uh i told her you know what hey if, if we're if we're gonna hang out you're gonna have to quit your job because i uh <laughs> so I told I told him I said I said how bossy we would have been if you could have been like, hey yeah this is pretty serious you should probably quit so we can do this and then she quits and you'd be like all right this isn't working out. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted her out of your life so you just yeah. canceled those things. Yeah. Oh man. No. That would have yeah. been great. It wouldn't have been great. I take that back. But it's like Tatiana would have thought that she's like you trying to break up with me so you want me to quit. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. So we uh, we occasionally go back to the Shawnee Big Biscuit and you know have breakfast there just to like you know remember meeting each other back then. Um, so it's a cool it's a cool deal. But at the yeah. time, it was definitely like a hush hush deal. Do you guys ever go back to Shawnee and like role play and you'll walk up and be like, hi, man, how are you today? <laughs> sit her down for an interview. <laughs> <laughs> Tatiana sometimes wishes that, Tatiana wishes I still had my old B-dubs uniform because that's how we met. She's like, I love that uniform. I was like, I'll have to find one. <laughs> yeah. No, back then I wore a whole lot of plaid and I'm sure Emma's happy I don't wear that anymore. So. <laughs> and he wore Crocs. This lady threw his Crocs away, Marcus. Sounds about right. That's how I feel about Crocs. You got to get Canes, man. You got to get Canes. They're Canes are Crocs. They're the same thing. Canes are so much better. They're actually good on your Achilles. Bruh. Why do you care about your Achilles? You don't even run anymore. It's a pretty important thing. It's not. It's overrated. You got another one. Got to give you two for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I actually have three. I bought my my own pair. Wait. Oh, I, I was like, you have three Achilles? (laughs) <laughs> oh god give me uh, yeah talking about the canes i got you um anyway so we're getting off on a tangent so um for those who don't know like chad owns big biscuit um so chad how did you i know we've kind of talked about before so how did you get into big biscuit how did you find it um and then kind of just like when did you know that you wanted to just take it and, and go to the next level and keep expanding yeah uh, well, I uh, I grew up, I'm a second generation uh, restaurateur, so I, I've always had a passion for it, even when I was young. Of like, I knew I wanted to be in the restaurant business. Um, and so I, uh, I'll, I'll kind of give the backstory on Big Biscuit, but um, I was actually going to school for hotel and restaurant management like that. That's where I was headed. I knew it's what I wanted to do. Um, but uh kind of how that story ties together was Big Biscuit was actually started by um, a gentleman. His name's Dan. He's actually a good friend of mine now. He started, uh, he opened the first location in 2000 in Independence, Missouri, and, um, you know, had decent success with it. And five years later in Blue Springs, opened up a second location. um, And then, uh, you know, really didn't do anything with it. we came along in 2009, 2010 and ate in his restaurants by chance and basically just saw huge potential. Like it was busy people, you know, the culture was good. People were really enjoying the menu. And, um, you know, so we set a meeting to meet with Dan and just learn more about the, the, the concept and come to find out he had no plans to open up any more restaurants or do anything with it. He was just going to have those two. So, um, you know, we knew we could add a lot of value to the concept of just bringing in technology and a little bit more experience. And, you know, he, he didn't have procedures written. I mean, he was truly the, the mom and pop restaurant, which was working for him. Uh, so anyways, we, we bought the concept from him lock, stock and barrel and immediately got to work, uh, working on growing our, growing it for ourselves. So we opened up that first location in Shawnee, I was mentioning, uh, in 2011, and really spent a good year just getting procedures written and developing the recipes and, um, you know, all that uh, concept and brand development. And uh, from there, started opening up locations. The Prairie Village location right here uh, uh, across the parking lot for me was our second location. And 
we just started strategically going around town, opening up uh, restaurants at about a, a one to two location per year clip. Um, just uh, slow and steady, um, you know, building up our management team and, you know, getting better at our game. Um, and, uh, you know, from there, uh, we're now open to uh, 23 restaurants. Um, so that, that's kind of the quick and dirty. Does that still include the, the original to the Blue Springs and the Independence location? Yeah, those two are still open. Yep, it's cool. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I mean, that's kind of got to be stressful to think because, like, I'm opening the second location right now, and it's like, so did you basically open one and then just start playing in the next one, or did you already have the next one like going as you were opening type of thing? No, I, we we, op- we opened it, and we had, we had a vision from day one of we wanted to make this a big deal. I mean, we wanted, we knew it had legs and if we could refine it, we could take this thing nationwide. I mean, we, we had the idea of franchising from day one. Um, but we opened up that first restaurant and really took some time to develop the brand before we started multiplying, you know, cause it was the whole thing of, we don't want to have problems at more than one location until we have a chance yeah. to kind of figure this out. Um, you know, so we got in there and we worked on that for a while and then uh, started hunting and found that second location here in Prairie Village. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the hardest part of the growing, and I know you and I have talked about this, Caleb, was really once we got past the third location, it became to where, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't touch it all myself. I couldn't actually handle every single problem. I had to layer in management and people that I could develop and trust to do these things, you know, cause it's, you know, you, you can't greet every table. You can't throw yeah. every trial. It's uh, yeah, that's hard, man. And then I, and another thing with like just getting locations open, I don't think people realize how hard it is to get a location. Like this isn't, when I explain it to people, it's not, it's not like renting an apartment where you go rent it and you're like, Oh, I like this. I'll take it. It's like, I, you know, it's, what a minimum six month process usually to get into a space before you can even sign on the dotted line type of thing. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so it is hard, but it's, yeah, building out the management team has probably been one of the, had to be one of the hardest challenges for you to find people who you could trust to build up and, and put in those positions for you to be able to, to walk away. Um, I mean, I, my team is very small compared to yours, but it's like, I've been lucky enough to find that, but even with finding it, it was still like, you still want to do it, but you want to touch everything. Like, but it almost comes yeah. like a debt, a detriment because you can't. No doubt. In fact, there, there's, there's occasions where I'll get in and actually the other day with uh, our director of uh, operations, him and I went and opened up one of our restaurants. I think I told you about that, Caleb. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I got in there and I really just enjoyed the heck out of it. Cause I, I, I miss getting into the kitchen and, you know, doing a lot of cooking and things like that. I mean, I spend time talking to our guests and our team and, you know, uh, making sure that I, I meet everybody and get to know them, but, you know, actually getting to do the things that I used to love to do, like flipping pancakes and cooking omelets and things like that. When I do get the rare occasion to do it, it's, it's like the good old days. It's a blast. Except for that stupid pancake on TV that was like breaking. <laughs> yeah that was i just went all in on that i was like i'm gonna break this on tv but who cares and thank oh yeah you were on the news right yeah, yeah. And he, he cussed on live air <laughs> yeah i'll that's send you the video marcus i definitely cut chad is like yeah that's how you're gonna get people on 
<laughs> that's good advertising. That's awesome. My my wife always goes on Fox, and I'm like, how do you not coast on there? Like, how do you, how do you not slip up and make a make a mistake? I would, I would definitely fuck it up. Well, um, you said uh, one one quick question about when you, when you first bought a. Uh, you know, talk to Dan, the owner, you said, we, we sat down with them and, and had that conversation. Who, who'd you get to do that with? Uh, I've got a couple partners in the, uh, uh, in the big biscuit here. It's actually, it's a cool thing. It's a family owned company. It's two fathers and two sons. And uh, between uh, the four of us, we have varying degrees of interest in the, in the restaurants and whatnot, yeah. but we all do this together. Um, cool. And uh, so it's really that, that group, us guys. And we've, we've been, uh, families, uh, family friends for, oh gosh, it's gotta be 25 years now, maybe 30 oh, well, okay. years. I mean, yeah, we, cool. you know, so we've, we've, we've been not only family friends for a long time, but business partners for a long time. And so it, it makes it a really, a really cool dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, probably even more fulfilling. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. You said you were a second generation restaurant tour. Uh, I don't, I don't think I've ever even, what, what did your, parents do or you know what restaurants are they into would we know any of those or oh you would it was actually my dad he was in a, uh, a fairly large sonic franchise for okay. quite a long time um at the at the height of his uh sonic days uh, i believe they had 36 37 sonics wow well, and that's uh, you know they they had they had quite the group they ended up getting out of that um for various did eat, reasons did you eat sonic for free growing up <laughs> you know, I don't know whether it was free or my parents paid for it. It was free to me. So, yeah, hell yeah. I worked, Sonic was one of my first jobs, and it was uh, during the weekend. It's called Thunder Beach. It was like a huge motorcycle rally in Florida. And I was like, all right, what am I doing? And they're like, you're just going to flip burgers. I did not move for six hours. Like, it was just burger patty after burger patty after burger <laughs> patty. That was awful. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so, so obviously, you know, you grew up with entrepreneurial role models, um, and, and you said, you know, you already, you always kind of knew you wanted to be in that field. Uh, but what, what kind of, what kind of drew you to it? Like what, what aspect of, of running your own business or running your own restaurant where you're like, that's what I want to do. Gosh, I don't know. Uh, I guess I've just always been that way. I mean, as soon as I was old enough to like my parents, you know, when I was old enough to push a lawnmower, they had me mowing the lawn. Mm -hmm. And I just it, it was so obvious to me like, hey, if I'm gonna be out here mowing the lawn, I need to make some money doing this. So oh, I, yeah. you know, I, I've even from a young age, I had a I had a pretty decent lawn mowing business uh, cool. all the way through high school where I mowed a number of yards in, in my neighborhood and even some neighborhood associations. Uh, mm -hmm spaces. Yeah. And, um, I've just always, I've always wanted to do my own thing. I, I you know, I, I don't want to say I'm like cliche, like how other people say I'm not meant to work for somebody else. That may be true, but I just always enjoyed being responsible for myself. I like that. Um, and you know, be in being responsible for my own failures and my own successes. And so it was, it was something that I, and growing up and seeing, you know, the inner workings of how a restaurant business works, it always fascinated me. And I did have a great role model in my dad with that of yeah. getting to kind of see how he ran it and learn from him. And then also, um, I got to meet a lot of other cool people, you know, like the Dan Gersons of the world that are, you know, very successful restaurateurs and get to learn from their example. Yeah. Um, so it just, it was, it was an obvious thing for me so much so that, you know, 
when people were asking me when I was, you know, not even in high school yet, what do you want to do? Like, that was my answer. I knew that's where I was going. That's cool. That's awesome. You, you knew it from that age as well. And that, that obviously allowed you to do it early because when did you buy out? Like, what age were you when you when you bought uh, Big Biscuit? Oh, gosh, I think I would have been 18, 19. That's wild. Yeah, because you're, you're 30 now, right? Or 31? No, I've, I've entered the uh, old man's club. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I've been, I think, Marcus, I think I told you a little about this. I've been lucky enough that I've, I've gotten to come out to your office. Uh, I call it the Big Biscuit Headquarters. Um, and we've gone over, you know, visionary type things. Um, we've talked about like manifestation, you know, kind of talking things in reality, putting it out there. Were you always kind of like that? Or like, when did you really start building this vision of what you wanted? And then <clears throat> when you got Shawnee, were you like, oh, let's just do maybe one more? Or were you like, hey, like we're taking this as far as we can literally go? Well, for your first question, no, I was not always like that, um, of having kind of that vision setting mentality. Um, when it came to Big Biscuit, though, that, that was the, the vision from day one is, you know, we're, we're not we're not getting this thing with the idea of opening up, you know, a few of them and calling it a day. You know, it's we, we wanted to do something for ourselves. The idea of being our own franchise or having our own concept, you know, and really developing it. And then once we have it developed, share it with people. But, you know, when it came to vision setting, uh, you know, I in, in my leadership development throughout the years, you know, I, I'm not ashamed to say when I first started leading people, I was terrible. I mean, I, I you know, I had a lot to learn and I, I, I realized it very quickly that if I wanted to lead people, especially in a growing organization of leading higher level and higher level professionals, you know, I, I needed to up my game and I needed not only to up it quickly, but consistently. And that's where, you know, as, as the years go on, I mean, it's every single day, it's the whole thing of, you know, 1% better every day. You know, if, if I can't look at myself in the mirror every night and when I ask myself, did I get better today? If I can't say yes, that wasn't a successful day. Um, because the, I don't want to be the um, center of that hourglass for the company. I don't want to slow us down. I don't want to be in the way I want to, you know, my growth and the growth of everybody in our company is critical to our success. And so it's just that constant mindset of progress. I like that. Um, do you think along with the vision thing, um, in your opinion, do you think a lot of entrepreneurs, because there are a lot of entrepreneurs, I feel like that's kind of like the new hot ticket thing. Like everyone wants to be an entrepreneur nowadays. Do you think that a lot of entrepreneurs limit themselves because they're, I don't want to say incapable of seeing the future, but like they can't think long-term or they, they put a, a limit on like what their vision is type of thing. Man, if you don't have a roadmap, I mean, if you're not dreaming for yourself, who is, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you need to, you need to have an idea of where you're going. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I do see that fairly often, unfortunately of people who, you and again, Caleb, you and I have talked about this, the, the I want versus the I will, you know, mm -hmm. I want to open a business. I want to make a million dollars. I want to lose 10 pounds, you know, whatever it is, you know, versus I'm going to do this. I mean, it's, it's a game changing thing of, um, you know, we, we talked a lot about 
vision the other day. In fact, I have mine sitting here because I'm getting ready to rewrite it. Um, of you've you've got to you've got to have big crazy dreams, and then even if you you know the whole if you shoot for the the stars and you 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 miss it, you still get to the moon or how, whatever that saying yeah. is, yeah. you know uh, that kind of deal. Yeah. Um, but with so many entrepreneurs, I, I think unfortunately there's there's a lot of uh, there's not a lot of thought process that goes into what it means. You know, there, there's there's definitely many people who go into it for the vanity, for the you know, I hate to say it, but the greed. You know, can I if I do this myself, can I make more money? Kind of deal. But they don't consider that you know when you go from being someone who's skilled at a certain trade to being a business owner of a business that does that trade, it's not the same thing. Yeah. It's a completely, you're, you're now running a business that does that trade, not doing the trade. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they, they do live in themselves as well. And I, I think, you know, it's a big thing. Like I think we've talked before, like there's a big difference between working for yourself and owning a business. Um, and in entrepreneurship, a lot of people think that they're going to work less hours to make more money when in reality you work more hours and you, you can make more money, but it, you're also, you never get away. You're, you have different stresses. Um, and I, I think that's why me, Marcus and Chad, I mean, you get along so well is cause like we can vent to each other. Cause like some people just have like, like normal nine to fives. They don't understand that. Like, like we can't just clock out and walk away. Like it's an all day, every day thing. Um, and you're constantly doing something or, or thinking of some ways to get there. Um, but taking that step from like working for yourself to a small business and making money while you're on vacation or wherever you are or while you're sleeping, like that's a whole nother animal. Like yeah. that's like, I would say it's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Right. It's, if you go into business thinking that it's a destination, you're doomed to fail yeah. because business is a journey. I mean, it never ends. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. What were you going to ask Marcus? I was going to ask, uh, before I knew kind of your backstory and then obviously you had uh, role models and stuff like that in your life. Cause I feel like that's one big thing that holds a lot of people back in terms of their vision is not even knowing what's possible for themselves. And then if they do have these ideas of why well, I, I want to do this, or I will do this, whatever the case is, then everybody that they tell around themselves puts these, these, these ceilings on them. And like, you can't do that. That's not going to work. Like it's a bad idea. It's not safe to do that. Go get a job that, you know, you always have this paycheck coming in versus, having to do that, whatever that kind of looks like. So I guess in your situation, you probably had the support and the, the backing of your family to be like, yeah, go do this. Like you want to do this, go do it. So did you, was that support there or was this something that you like kind of kept to yourself and you just, I mean, obviously you had a couple of business partners that helped. Yeah. You know, and, and we all, you know, having, having business partners, I think is uh, such a wonderful blessing because, you know, like Caleb said, being able to share in the successes and also, you know, be there to support during hard times or failures is, mm-hmm. you know, rather than, you know, being a, on your own, I think it's incredibly um, valuable. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's taking, taking that leap from, you know, going, uh, going to school and doing that to, Hey, let's, let's go give this a go with big biscuit. I mean, even I had a lot of doubts with that. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, um, you know, if this thing fails, you know, it's going to, I'm going to be years behind. I'm going to be, you know, financially in a terrible situation, you know, all yeah. the deals. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's like, you know what, this is what I want to get into. I see a lot of potential with this thing. Let's, let's do it. It's a, it's an industry I'm passionate about. And, um, you know, it's, 
I, uh, a lot of a lot of friends or acquaintances I had at that point in my life I don't talk to anymore because there was definitely a lot of uh, well man are you sure about that you know or you know just just the the doubters and you know what it's it's no hard feelings it's just we don't we don't mesh because we don't have the same kind of mindset yeah 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 well it's like you know we talked the other day about how you know how we play monopoly you know there's it's like life it's there's no plan B you know, you're going to make it happen because you don't have a choice. Like once you put your money out there, like that's, that's the way I look at it. Like once I put my money out there, there's no way this is a happening because I'm not wasting that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's, I think, or we like the, I replace the, I want with the, I wills or like when I texted you yesterday, Marcus, and I was like, we're going to hit this number by this month. Oh both yeah. Of yeah. Us. yeah. You're like, I like the optimism. I was like, yeah. no, it will happen. <laughs> yeah. I like that. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I think I've if, been you, stuck- if you can't believe it yourself, then, why are other people going to believe it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nicole has been kind of using that as well. My, my wife, Chad, uh, her name is Nicole, but kind of using that same, like, I will do that stuff. And I think my, I go back to like, ba- you know, superstitious playing baseball. I'm like, don't talk about good things. Like it's going to go yeah. away, but oh, I'm he's going to pitch a perfect game. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, so yeah. I've been trying to kind of shift my mindset away from that superstitious, like, Oh, I'm going to fuck it up because I, I said something good was going to happen and being more just kind of, you know, manifesting it. Like, no, I, I do the right things. I'm a good person. I, you know, I set myself up for success. So success will happen, whatever that kind of looks like in whatever context we're talking about. So I like, I like that you, you kind of shared that. I will both of you. I mean, you just said it on here, Chad, and then Caleb, you said it uh, over text the other day as well. I, yeah. I think Marcus, one thing that you, you may struggle with right now, and we've talked about and, and like Chad and I literally talk business. I think like we train three hours a week together. We probably talk business like eight hours a week together. Like yeah. it, we even text about it. Um, mm. You know what I mean? It's just like something we love. And then like for you I, and I, Chad and I talked to this like a week ago and it's you, you like, you almost have an imposter syndrome and it's like, why am I allowed to do that? Like yeah. you reach a certain financial point and it's like, am I allowed to, to yeah. do that? Am I, am I allowed to buy this nice car? Am I allowed to like expand my house? You know, am I allowed to buy yeah. season tickets? Because yeah. when you start doing these things, you're perceived as like, this different person and it's like you are a little different because of the financial situation but you're not your core isn't that yeah that's true you know what i mean it's like it's hard to want to reward yourselves with that uh yeah i think i literally just had to vent to you about that what a week ago chad something like that yeah i mean mean, it's 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 a a unique problem you know mm -hmm. and so it's hard to it's hard to find people to talk to about it's very true yeah 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 because i mean it's you feel like you're on an island you feel like you're on an island or, you know, when you, you know, with construction going on and I'm like, Oh God, this happened. Now I have to come up with this X amount of money. And someone just hears, Oh God, I just had to spend this much money. It's like, dude, it's like, whether I make 200,000 or a hundred thousand or 50,000, it's like still a certain percentage. Like it's money. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's definitely a thing that, uh, you, you know, we talk about it a lot. It, any kind of success, whether it's financial or otherwise, you know, if you experience success in some way, there's definitely going to be people out there that, you know, the way they handle that is bitterness and jealousy. And, you know, they just won't understand it. And unfortunately, you know, it's just those kind of people that, you know, really, you just got to cut out of your life because they're not going to do anything but poison you. Yep. I think instead of cutting them out, we should biscuit slap them. (laughs) 
new term. So where, so, I mean, for those of you who don't know, I mean, where, what do you see, like, what's your next venture with Big Biscuit? Like, I know you have, uh, am I allowed to talk about where we're going this weekend? Like, is that a, have you announced oh. that yet? Okay. Oh, so, yeah, you can. It's no big deal. Okay. Uh, so you had the mission store coming. So uh, we will be out at his mission store this weekend. Uh, he has been nice enough to let me have whatever I want out of the old Don Cheetos <laughs> restaurant. So I'm going to go in there. Oh, Don Cheetos? That, that's, that's your spot? Yeah. Yeah, that's where we're going. I used to love Don Cheetos as well. I was so sad that it was gone. But at least Big Biscuit's going in the same spot. Yeah. So I'm going to get yeah. his speaker. There's like speakers everywhere. There's He has a big ass drink <laughs> fridge and he's like dude i'm just gonna throw it away and i'm like i'll take maybe it some off. maybe some leftover burritos did you ever have don chilitos either of you before no, I oh i ate don chilitos oh at least a couple God. dozen times i mean it's so I it actually it was really cool that we got the opportunity to go in there and buy that from him because it's like oh, man i've eaten in your restaurant more times than i could count yeah yeah my parents used to go to shiny mission north so like during lunchtime they would just walk over there and eat most days uh there or italian delight which is also gone but uh yeah at least at least the, this mission location not case I, I, i'm sure you you went there as well then italian delight oh yeah in fact that's my uh wife's family it was their favorite place so oh, okay yeah that, that was my favorite yeah. place that was always our, our family stuff it was either that or don leaders but anyway sorry to kind of get on a tangent about that i'm very we excited should, we should your, try to do a live podcast from the new location before it opens <laughs> i'm down let's yeah, do it that'd be cool I don't know how I'll do it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So, so you've got that opening up. Is that what you were going kind of with Caleb? Yeah. I just kind of like, yeah. what was your next? Uh, I know we've talked like, what are some of the things you want to accomplish with Big Biscuit next? You know, uh, I'm assuming more locations. Um, for those of you who don't know, like Chad also does a lot of him and his wife do a lot of charity work. Um, I know his wife, she was what I'm for, volunteers all the time. Um, and then they, what's that, what's that pajama thing you were talking about? I forget what oh, it was Oh, yeah. Called. We partnered up with uh, Operation Breakthrough and Q104 uh, this past Christmas season with their pajama drive. And uh, we got all of our KC Metro uh, locations involved. And what it is, is they uh, help uh, get people to come in and donate pajamas for underserved children of Operation Breakthrough. And cool. we helped them set, I mean, uh, we blew their old record out of the water. Uh, awesome. this past year. And so we love doing stuff like that where we can, you know, get, get involved in the community. That's cool. Uh, but as far as growth, yeah, we got, we got a lot of exciting stuff coming. You know, we've got that mission location coming that uh, uh, is uh, hopefully going to be starting construction soon. Um, and uh, we've got a couple more locations uh, that I think uh, are promising here in the Kansas city area, but really uh, you know, with how many locations we have here, um, we're, we're, we're about tapped out in this market. Mm -hmm. um, we have a, uh, a franchisee that uh, we got started back right before the pandemic started. Um, and he's down in Tulsa and Oklahoma City. He's got four locations open oh, currently sweet. with uh, a couple more under construction as we speak. And um, actually just in the past six months, uh, recruited and uh, got a, uh, another franchisee started who's going to be opening up some more locations in Northwest Arkansas. Awesome. Um, we're actively working on the plans for his first, uh, two locations. Um, and really that's, you know, we're going to continue to open up stores. Um, you know, or, or we call them corporate stores, even though we 
don't refer to ourselves as corporate. Yeah. Uh, we call them corporate stores. We're going to open up more stores, um, you know, here in Kansas City. And, you know, we may even reach out to uh, some neighboring markets. Um, but franchising is really where, you know, our focus is now is finding good franchisees that, mm-hmm. you know, share our vision and, you know, uh, have good business practices and share our philosophies to, you know, come in and learn our brand, learn our values and, you know, go open more restaurants in uh, other markets. Has that been kind of tough or is it just like you already had the recipe essentially to, to, to running the, the, the quality location? So then having to transfer all that knowledge and, hey, here's the recipe to go do this. Has that been tough for you? Like the very first one you did? It was a great exercise for us. Uh, franchising is not an easy task. It doesn't seem um, as far as getting the system set up. I mean, it's honestly, it's a monster, mm-hmm. but when it comes to training someone how to run our brand, that to us is the easy part. Cause it's like, yeah. we know what we do. We love what we do. Yeah, um, sure. Really yeah. the, the hardest part is finding the right franchisee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, we get, we get, we're, we're very blessed that we get a lot of interest of people who want to franchise with us. Cool. It's just, we're so we're, we're, we're taking it so slow and being so picky because, Smart. you know, we're not just looking for some, you know, retired lawyer who wants to open up a restaurant in his hometown. You yeah. know, it's yeah. we're looking for someone who cares about and understands hospitality yeah. to come in and open a number of restaurants and has a, a skilled team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not we're not just looking for someone who could rub two pennies together and wants to open up a restaurant. And pop up a spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, Quality over quantity for sure. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, we've talked before. I think there's a, a lot of difference in people. Like a lot of people who want to franchise a majority of the time, it's like, they just want to make the money versus like mm-hmm. they want to be involved. And I think that's the biggest difference in what you guys are looking for. That's true. Yeah. Well, that's super, so, super exciting. Um, Kale, did you have anything else to say about that? I was going to say, no, let's, I, let's try to tie I, it back into. Boom. Yeah. I was just taken back into. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, so we got our big biscuit and I want to go over that because, you know, you guys do have a lot of restaurants. So yeah. people, people don't realize that you are locally owned. They think you're a corporation. Mm-hmm. I, I did for the longest time. I know Marcus did, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I think it's cool that, uh, you guys are family owned and operated, you know, you're based out right here in OP. So we, we gotta love that. So when I know you were, you were a chunkier kid, um, and into your teenage years, correct? Oh yeah. All that Sonic. All that Sonic. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So where, where in your restaurant tour journey did you find fitness and like, how did you start? Uh, Cause honestly I was really impressed when I talked to Emma because she told me that you woke up and worked out at like 5am in your basement every day. I was like, dude, that's commitment. Like to, to even wake up at that time every day is one thing, but then to wake up and work out at your house. Like I, I don't think people realize working out at your house, like that's a whole nother level of commitment. It like, is. I can't do it. Oh my God. I would hate it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I need to even, even getting out of my office and going to work out is hard for me sometimes. Like I, mm-hmm. I need to separate it. So it's like for me to just walk downstairs would be hard. You're going to start training um, at Genesis. <laughs> oh God. I just, you just go to your favorite gym and fit club. Yeah. You gotta, bitch. you gotta, you gotta fly. <laughs> That's and like a five hundred dollar. Yeah, I just go to there. Big Club and then I'll <laughs> go to First Watch afterwards. No, Everyone, Marcus yeah. hates Big Biscuit. That's why we brought Chad. Shut on. No, he up. loves it. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. So back to the original question. 
uh, wh- where did you find fitness mm-hmm. and uh, how, how did you kind of get started? Well, it actually was, um, I was, I was pretty much the fat kid my entire childhood. Um, and you know, I, it, thinking back on it now, like it's, it, it was definitely, I'm, I'm very much of the belief that ev- you, in order to be where you are today, everything had to happen in your life the, exactly the way it did, you know? So I don't look back on it and, you know, have like hard feelings cause it helped make me the person I am today. But I was, I was definitely, I mean, I was very overweight. I was, I, I, I didn't really weigh myself or anything, but I'm sure I would classify it easily as obese. I was, I was a big kid and, um, you know, I was, I was always constantly aware of how big I was. You know, I, I was the guy, I don't want to go to a beach or go to a pool. And if I do, I'll wear, I'm going to wear a shirt, you know, just being very self-conscious all the time. I still um, like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, just, it, the things of like not being able to like keep up physically with my friends and then like not getting invited to things because of that, like it all finally in at the later half of my junior year of high school, it just reached a head where I just had that moment where it's like, I've had it. I'm tired of being this fat kid. I'm tired of being self-conscious. I'm tired of not being able to keep up with my friends, you know, whatever it was. I just, I had that moment of where like, I just broke and I'm, I'm done. Um, and so I didn't know what I was doing, but I just stopped eating all of the bad food I was eating. I, uh, you know, cut the, the bad habits out of my life. You know, I used to play a lot of video games and drink a lot of soda, you know, like just all these bad habits. And I just started doing the basics of like, I couldn't, I couldn't run. You know, I was so out of shape. I had no, I wasn't in shape at all. And, um, you know, I didn't know how to lift weights or anything. So I just started walking. Um, and as, as I, as I started you know, getting weight off, you know, I, I got, I tr- got a little more into running and things like that. Eventually I started, you know, doing at home workout videos. And what age was that again? Uh, that was, like, uh, back half of my junior year of high school. So I would have been okay. 16, 17, 16, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, over the course of the next, uh, it was, it was about a year. Um, I lost 65 pounds and, um, for the most part, since since then, I've been able to keep it off. I, I've fluctuated here and there, um, not anymore with uh, Caleb keeping an eye on me. But hell yeah! Uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> you had to have been. I mean, from what we've talked about and what you weigh now, like, I mean, if I'm guessing, you had to have been like 270, 280. I mean, it, it was up there. I had no. I mean, I had no muscle mass. I mean, I was. Yeah. Like, my, the extent of my physical activity at that point in my life was climbing a flight of stairs. I mean, that was about, I, I had nothing. Um, I, I, at my height, I was 235 pounds with not a drop of muscle on me. And I was a big okay. boy. In fact, I'll show you pictures sometime, Caleb. I would love it. Uh, and uh, um, I ended up dropping down to about 170 pounds, which again, I, I had no muscle even then. I just, you know, I just got the weight off. Yeah. Um, but he's strong now, Marcus. He maxed out the uh, pin loaded chest press for like six, six or seven nice. yesterday. Nice, he's strong. Oh yeah. I, even I was like, "Damn, bro, where did this come from?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta surround myself with guys that know what they're doing. I like being the lightweight on this phone call. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you outweigh Marcus. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. I'm one sixty eight right mean, now. No, after seeing the pictures that you guys are posting this past week, no, I, I mean, I may weigh more on a scale, but I am the lightweight. Okay, that's fair. Most like six, six inches shorter than you. 
just a little guy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, go we're going off tangents again. All right. So you started walking. When did you get into weight training? Because I know you've done well, like all the P90Xs, all the insanities. Like you've done a lot of the crazy weight training, cardio stuff at home. Um, so like, did you find those because you were like self-conscious to go to a gym or, or did you not like the gym or what made you go the home workout route versus going to like a facility? Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what it was. I mean, at that, at that point in my life, I was so low. I had no confidence in myself whatsoever. I mean, so it was like, I need to do this where I don't have people looking at me, judging me. You know, I just, I knew that if I went into a gym, the, I would, the only thing I'd be comfortable doing is walking on a treadmill. And even then it'd be like, I would, my thought was people would look at me and be like, Oh, it's the fat guy on the treadmill. Yeah. You know? So I I wanted to find a way to, you know, do it at home. And so at that point, I believe P90X was brand new. And so I Mm -hmm. saw, you know, their 25 minute long commercials they had on TV at the time. And so I got that and tried it. And, um, you know, I've been, pretty much up until I started with you, Marcus, like P90X, Insanity, all those things you said, that was kind of just my regular rotation. Like I I had never really gotten into it, but it kept me, you know, fairly fit for a a while. Yeah. They're good workouts. Um, Yeah. Um, But that was definitely, you know, it it was, it was my way of trying to get fit without people, you know, being around me. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause when you came to body shop, that was like the first gym you had actually been to. Right. I had been member, a member of other gyms, but okay. I never used them. Like I had intentions yeah. of like starting to do that. Um, but like, I, I was that guy that, and I'm, I'm sure you love this as a gym owner that I bought a membership and didn't even freaking use it. <laughs> uh, it keeps need, occupancy need, low. Hey, I need <laughs> yeah. more of them, bro. I need more. <laughs> but I that always was me. say body shop's biggest problem is all of our people show all you up. People show up yeah. and, I, you, and I love it. I you need to sell membership to people up. that are not going to be going. Uh, yeah, I love <laughs> that they show up, but it's like, it gets so freaking busy. Yeah. Like, I mean, just yesterday is the first day of the month. I got in there at like, I don't know, three o'clock and we'd already had 65 visits. Like That's wild. And So like when you run, like how many visits per day we have compared to how many members we have, like majority of the gyms, they do like seven to 10% of their people. And we'll do yeah. like, 25 to 30 percent like oh wow nuts yeah that's awesome it's, that's it's awesome. a really big difference we're blessed that we have people like that we of course create yeah. a culture of like it creates a good culture yep yep but yep. good community of people keeps you motivated yeah. to go in there uh, uh you, you know monroe mm. you know monroe right you do i, I if you've seen it bro, you know, i don't I, I don't know names i don't know names he bro. said he uh he canceled his wife's membership i said why he canceled her membership bro well she never comes i said and I love her. She's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so Chad, then, um, you know, you obviously, you had your own fire under you ass to, to start making changes, you know, even at high school, which is awesome that you were able to even just start with just walking and cleaning up some of those lifestyle choices that you were making. But, uh, you know, where you're, did you have any other role models in your life? Obviously you did on the business front, which is awesome that you had that. Uh, but did you have like, were your, were your family very fit? Were they mindful of like their nutrition and that type of stuff? Or did you just have to kind of start cultivating this change only on your own? You know, um, I'm one of four uh, um, kids. My, my two sisters played a lot of sports. Um, but, you know, when it came to 
nutrition and lifestyle and things like that. It, it definitely was, and I know Caleb vibes with this. It, it just, it wasn't really a priority or even not even necessarily not a priority. It just, it, there wasn't knowledge or things in place where that was commonplace. So it wasn't anything yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I just like started from ground zero and like, I, I'm, I definitely like tried everything under the sun. Like I did all of the like weird green juices and I tried all the different, you know, weird workouts and, you know, whatever I could just kind of like figuring it out mm-hmm. um, to, you know, I, it definitely created a lot of distance between me and my family and, and the unhealthy friends I had at the time because I was going off reservation as far as they were concerned. You know, like, yeah, yeah. What, are you, what are you trying to do? Yeah. Um, How dare but, you not be fat? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, it but no, I, so basically it was trial and error. You know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't cool. really have anybody who was guiding me on that. That's awesome. You're able to, to, to do that and stick to it. Uh, probably most importantly for the for the, the amount of time that you did to get yourself where you are right now. Yeah. I, I think the important thing was that it was that moment of like, I've had it. And I think that's for anybody in their life. If there's something, whether they're, you know, under a mountain of debt or they're yeah. very overweight, whatever your whatever, rock bottom is. Yeah. You've, you've got to reach that moment of I've had it. You got to yeah. be done. Yeah. Well, it's awesome. We had that so early in life, you know, it, it taught you a lot of stuff about yourself. Like you said, it, it built you into who you are today, but then to be able to make that pivot and never really look back um is awesome and and yeah. rare yeah i mean because you you've been doing it for like 10 years because i mean even when you came to me you were you were eating clean you know you're yeah. doing the right things it was just taking it to the next level yeah, just um, so how, how would you say because i think people underestimate fitness and like what it can do for you in a business setting mm-hmm. uh as far as staying structured staying on your goals um committing when things are even harder um how, how would you say fitness has played a role in like, I guess your success, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, well, there's a number of things. Usually the, the first thing that I think of when it comes to the importance of like fitness and health is for me, quality sleep. I know that, you know, then the times of my life where I wasn't working out consistently or I wasn't eating well or whatever, just not sleeping well, I, it, drives me nuts. Um, in fact, my, my brother not too long ago recommended a book to me called, uh, why we sleep. And ever since reading that, it just took it to a whole new level for me of the importance of that. And so, um, you know, but the I, single I think, most underrated thing. Yep. Oh yes. I mean, it's yeah. so much yeah. so that, I mean, that's, I make sure that I get at least my eight hours every night. You know, if I have to go to bed at six o'clock to make sure I get my eight hours, if I have an early meeting, I, I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, probably the biggest thing for me, and you know this, Caleb, you know, kind of just knowing me and how my body works and everything, it's it's stress of helping reduce stress and manage stress for sure. Um, of, you know, there's, we all know on this call being entrepreneurs of just the stresses of the day-to-day of, you know, trying to take care of business and, um, you know, being, being in good health and being fit and, you know, working out consistently, I know it makes a big difference for me of managing, you know, those harder days, those difficult times. And, um, you know, I guess probably the third thing I think of is uh, productivity. I know that, uh, you know, throughout my career, as I, as my health and my fitness have improved, my my efficiency at work, my productivity, my ability to lead and motivate other people has definitely uh, 
grown at that same rate. Do you think you would have ever, you know, bought Big Biscuit and started that journey if you hadn't built the confidence of losing that weight that you initially had, like, in high school? Like, because I would assume, you know, if you were not confident to go take your shirt off, whatever, not that that means you're not going to be confident in other areas, but do you think that was kind of a a catalyst that needed to happen in order to do what you've done business-wise, or do you think you would have done it anyway? No, I think it probably has a lot of importance to it. I mean, I, uh, I know that if I had to stand in front of her, I mean, we have a big meeting next week with uh, where I'm bringing in the whole company, all of our management and the whole company. And obviously I'm going to stand in front of the room and address them. And I know that if I was standing in front of them, a, a huge overweight guy and not confident myself, yep. I would not be able to deliver the same message because just not having the confidence there. So, I mean, I, I think it was a must. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, as men, you know, and I, I heard this on uh, the excellence parts, I forget a guy they had on, but they, they were talking about men's mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know I've talked to you about this chat, but our, our self-worth is tied to directly as men, like how much money we can make and what we look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that's true for me because it's like, yeah, I can make good money, but if I'm unhappy with the way I look like, I'm only half happy in a way. Does that make sense? And I know that sounds very shallow, um, but I think we take so much pride in what we look like that, you know, it's even like buying nicer clothes or whatever it may be. I think it goes a long way with even in business, you know what I mean? That making you feel more confident, you know, what, what prime say you, you look good, feel good mm-hmm. or look good, feel good. If you feel good, you play good or something like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, I think it goes a long way with business too. Oh, it definitely does. Well, I, I just know like if I'm just injured, my confidence is lower. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even if I still look good and everything else, like if I'm just injured and not feeling my best, I'm, I'm, I'm less productive at work. Like, on the days where I wake up and I feel great and nothing's injured and everything is, you know, moving solid, then I, I'm going to, I'm going to be 10 times more productive than the days that, that I don't. So if I also didn't look good as well, that would obviously, obviously in our industry, that would really hurt what I was doing. But um, yeah, I feel like you got confidence should lead the way most of the time. And oh, usually yeah. if, if somebody's uh, self-conscious about things, either that's very apparent or it comes out like you as a, you as a, either of you guys as manager, I mean, you're managing people and you're, you know, you're, you're the head of that stuff. And I feel like it would make you a, um, I don't know. Like I always had teachers growing up that the, the more unhealthy a teacher was, the angrier there were at students, the angry there were on a daily basis. I mean, same thing with family and friends and stuff like that. The angriest people I see are those who are not doing anything that's fulfilling for themselves. They're not reaching their fitness goals or they're not reaching whatever other goals. And I feel like it kind of starts with, how are you investing in yourself each day? And that's what's going to be kind of showed off to the world. Think of that kind of like a contest prep scenario. You know what I mean? It's like the bigger someone is, the more, you know, they're more winded, they're, they're tired. They, they're in more pain. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, like as we get close to a show, we're winded, we're tired, we're in pain. So we're, mm-hmm. we're just ouchy. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, yeah. it's part of it, but you know, with being in a, a work setting, it's, I think people underestimate how much, how critical, like planning your meals are. And like, if you have a nice, good, nutritious meal ready to go, and I hate calling it nutritious, but just single ingredient foods, like, mm-hmm. and you don't have to think about where you want to go for lunch, what you want to get yeah. for lunch. It's like, it saves so much time. You know, I'm, I'm sure Chad, you enjoy just like 
going and grabbing your meal or, or you had that what five hour meeting the other day and you had to stop to go get your meal and it was like just knowing you had that was probably a stress relief yeah you know what i mean it, it goes a long way yeah it absolutely was it's I, I i i'm thriving in that scenario where yeah i don't have to figure out lunch every day it's you know what it's figured out and i know it's the right things i need yeah yeah it's 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 helping every every aspect of your life by just having that one meal ready to go is that it's it, all the goals you have physically you know you're reaching those and you're doing that simultaneously while while conquering whatever you're doing work-wise um which is awesome you're killing two birds with one stone essentially and you're feeling good the rest of the day so you're still yeah. gonna have a very productive rest of your day and then tomorrow you can wake up proud as fuck of what you did today well because it's like you know you go out for lunch and it's like i feel like if you go out without a plan you're gonna end up overeating and then it's like and then you're tired you know what i mean versus like you're eating you get just enough to satiate you you know you're working out you get that big dopamine hit like I remember when I used to work out every day before work, dude, I went into work and I was fucking ready to go. Yeah. You know, now I wake up, I'm still ready, but it may take me a few minutes to get rolling a little harder. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember when I would work out and get that huge dopamine hit, like, man, smashing the day for minute one. Yep. Um, and that's probably why, why, why you do those morning workouts then, Chad. I mean, obviously it's when your time allows for it and probably, you know, cause you, you got two little ones. So you're probably getting up and getting those. Well, I guess now you're training with Caleb more. We do, prior, do morning workouts. Let's just get that out there. When he hired me, I told him we were I, not training. I'm at, not training that at time. Six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Caleb did not miss that on the uh, intro. Hey, just so not going to work if you need it better, man. I would love to do this for you, but it's just not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say that was, that's probably been other than like learning how to like, go to a gym, which I definitely did not have having a coach and having someone help me on the food side, the it, it's transformed my thinking about food in so many ways. Um, you know, when I, when I, cause Caleb gives me one cheat a week right now, when I have that, I definitely do notice I eat more honestly than I, than I need. And I get that feeling of like being occasionally of being like bloated or whatever else. Whereas that became, that was so normal for so long that now that like I'm on a consistent, you know, nutritious diet, when I do go off, it's, it's, it's noticeable. And so that's, it, it was a really cool change of perspective. Definitely. I do. I do love Chad's commitment though. Cause like on a Valentine's day, he was taking his wife out to a real <laughs> nice dinner. And I was like, so what are you guys doing? He's like, Oh, I'm gonna take him out to dinner. Uh, and he'll always be like, I'm not eating though. I'm just going to sit there. And she's going <laughs> to eat. God. And I'm like, Chad, you get a cheat meal. He's like, well, I'm taking my team out this week, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna save that for them because we're going to uh, this Italian restaurant. And I was like, Chad, you were saving your cheat meal for your team. Yeah. And I, and I was like, Chad, your dinner is literally steak, potato, and vegetable. Just go to the restaurant and get a steak, potato, and vegetable. Yeah. I can do that. I'm like, it's the same damn thing you're gonna eat at home. <laughs> And he was like, oh, that was so nice. And I'm like, I mean, I love your commitment, man. Yeah, like, love this. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah it does, I was cracking up. It doesn't have to be that hard. Because, again, like if you're controlling. And Emma loved it. She yeah. was glad. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, if you're controlling majority of the days, majority of the meals, um, you know, if you were going to step on stage this weekend, yeah, maybe forego that that meal and state state of plan, but you're not. So, yeah. One, one extra cheat on a Valentine's Day is a perfect – perfect excuse for it and even then you still ate yeah. clean 
and you didn't really cheat. Yeah, that's the way I look yeah. at it. You know, it's it's was it made at home? It probably had some extra oil on it yeah. or Part you know home. whatever yeah. it may be. You know, not the end of the world. We saved face. We still ate good. We made our wives happy, which go a long way. Because as we mm-hmm. all know, if our wives aren't happy, our lives are horrible. Mm-hmm. I don't want to bring up. Sure. We can kind of get into Chad's other ventures if we want to, because Chad is a, a multi entrepreneur. His wife hates this other one, and I love it. What is um, it? <laughs> you want to strip club? <laughs> yes, yes. He is a actually a pimp on the side. Yes, a stable of five. Um, <laughs> a stable of five. I don't even know where I was going. I completely lost my train of thought as we brought up the other thing. I don't even know. No, uh, stay face with a wife and they're happy. Yeah, yeah. We still hit our goals. We made our wives happy. Like that's a win-win. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Um, so Chad, what, what do you, do you think you will venture out into other things in the future or do you think you will always stay restaurants and restaurants only? I mean, I know we've kind of talked about this personally. Um, like what are your, I mean, what are your plans? I mean, I think a lot of people, they just do one thing and they're, they're stuck on that and that's, that's okay. Um, but you know, do you, is there anything else you want to accomplish business wise or any other avenues you want to get into? Yeah. I mean, we all understand being entrepreneurs like that, that hunger and that drive is always there and it only grows. So, I mean, yes, there's, is there a specific thing I have in mind outside? I mean, I I love the restaurant industry and I think that's always going to be a part of my life. Um, you know, big biscuit, there's, we've got a long way to go with this company. I mean, we, you know, it's, this is something that can be the next, you know, to name drop uh, the next first watch. I mean, we really have the the concept and the legs to take this thing and, and grow it. And so that that's going to be the focus of, you know, what me and my team are, are going to work on. But as far as other things, I mean, yeah, you've mentioned, you know, I, I I'm involved in, uh, um, you know, some other ventures as well, but you know, that's, that's, um, that's where I can lend, you know, my, uh, my expertise or maybe, you know, uh, financial statement to, or whatever it is, but really my, my priority is, 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 and going to continue to be big biscuit and the brought my dog to the, hey, what kind of dog you got? Oh, God. That's I thing. thought that was, I thought that was your dog, Marcus. You want to just take her? Come on. What kind of dog you got? A black lab. I brought her with me to the office today. It's it's a a big old bark. I was like, you got a Rottweiler too? (laughs) I had one as a kid. I love Rottweiler. Oh, they're awesome. Mine just came down and said good morning to me. I should have showed him. Dude, Marcus's dog is amazing. He's a giant baby. Oh, Uh, my God. We went to the dog park yesterday, and this dude was like, had one of those like ball throwers. And there was like this 40 pound other dog that he was playing with. And that dog was already out there. And then he threw another ball and boss went to go get that one. So that dude, that other dog, like the 45, like the 40 pounder was like lined up like a, like a punt returner about to catch it. And then boss just fucking just destroyed him. <laughs> the dog was yell- like, I felt bad. Cause the dog was like, it was fine. It got up and, but it was yelping. It just like got tumbled over and over again. And boss oh, just yeah. ran right through it. Um, Cause my dog is 116 pounds. And that dog's like 40 and just got wrecked. I was like, if that was on, that would be on sports center. If I would have had that on camera. (laughs) And he doesn't realize how big he is. Like we'll, uh, when Nicole brings him or Chad brings him, we, or Chad, when Marcus brings him, we just let him bring them in, bring him in. And we'll just like put him in the office to hang out because we like him. But like he went for this ball under Holly's desk and like almost flipped Holly's desk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If if there's a ball in, 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 in sight, uh, watch your knees for sure. Because he, he's, go, he's going to get that ball. Yeah. Ugh. 
good um, shit, dude. God, where were we right there? I don't know. Other ventures. Oh, the future. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Future. Yeah, so, just to focus on Big Biscuit is really the thing. But yeah, there's 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 other things that obviously you know, as as we grow and expand and and you know meet more people, you know, things just kind of naturally happen. You know, where you meet the right people, you know, who um, you know are looking to you know, start something or bring someone on or, you know, what have you. And, you know, I, those things will kind of just happen organically. Uh, but I mean, Big Biscuit, like I said, is in, uh, is going to continue to be my primary focus. I like that. Yeah. Do you I'm think excited you... to see it in other cities. Heck yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's already in a, in a few, but yeah, yeah that, that'll be cool to, to get to like travel around, and, like really see it elsewhere as well. That'd be cool. Do you I'm with think, you, man. Do you think you will ever have an evening challenge <laughs> if you keep if you keep pestering me i think so no i dude we should do that uh we'll get together and i'll, I'll put three car pileups in front of you guys oh, and <laughs> how did you how did you come even come up with that was that already on the menu or like how did you even come up with that no it was just we we do a lot of playing with food in the kitchen i mean we have a number of items on our menu that are just the result of like experimentation Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, heck, even that pancake that uh, I told you about the other day, that yeah. was just simply, we had stuff in the kitchen and we started messing with it and we're like, oh, dang, this is good. We're, let's add this to the menu. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, you know, I forget what the question was. Oh, the eating challenge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the eating challenge. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've got a, a PR and a marketing lady who would love to film, you know, some big dudes eating a bunch of food. Let's do it. Yeah. Marcus mm-hmm. won't do it. He'll I'll do, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll hit legs before. You'll, you'll do this, but you won't do the Taco Bell draft? No, nah, fuck Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> if we did it at Chick-fil-A, I, I would, I'd be about that. Chick-fil-A if we did it at drafts. Longboards or Hawaiian Bros, I'd do that. <laughs> Chad, are you? would you do it with us? Oh, I would have to, yeah. All right. I'll bring the digestive enzymes. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, what? So, for people who don't know, there's a menu on Big Biscuits. Uh, there's a, a menu on the menu. There's an item on the menu called the three car pileup. And what? It's a pancake, biscuits and gravy, hash browns, eggs. I feel like I'm missing like eight things. Yeah. It's a pancake. It's got three. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm pulling it up here. Yeah, it's a pancake, three eggs, bacon, sausage, cheddar, breakfast potatoes, hash browns, two biscuits, and ladles of sausage gravy all on one That's plate. a lot of carbs. I Dude. like it. <laughs> yeah, um, you're right. That was good leg day food. Yeah, yeah it's like it's post, like three thousand. It's like three thousand. We'd have to train legs fasted for sure. Uh, oh, it's my like God, three yeah. thousand calories. I mean, it's pretty intense. That yeah. is intense. If you're trying to do a 10k uh, challenge, three of those would do it. Three of those to do it. I almost just puked in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> every time I read it, I'm like, God, I want to order this. And then it's like, I whip out every time. What's funny is the people who tend to order it are like tiny little women and they put that thing away. I mean, it's really? amazing. That's their yes. one meal for the week. That's how they're so tiny. <laughs> Marcus, that's your MO. What? Tiny, tiny little woman. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely eating a lot more than in a week, though. That's absurd. Oh, I love it. Uh, do you have any other questions, Marcus? Um, I don't think so, man. You, 
you smashed it. Um, I guess, I guess one last thing is, uh, you know, why is it important at this point for you to, you know, maintain health and your habits with that stuff and continue to, to, to chase those physical goals as well um, alongside the family goals, alongside the work goals and stuff like that. Why is that important to you? <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess for me, they kind of all go hand in hand. You know, I, I, I want to be healthy and in shape, um, you know, so that I, like I said, I, I'm better able to lead people. Um, but, you know, another motivating factor is, you know, I've got two young kids. I got a three-year-old and a one-year-old and, you know, they're going to, that's what I was getting they're at. They're going to grow Right. They're going to grow up quick and they're going to like start doing sports and do things like that. And I mean, I want to, I want to be a good example to them, not only to help them build the right habits in their life, but also, you know, be able to physically do the things with them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Especially as they get older and become adults, you know, I, I I don't want my health to be a limiting factor. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or setting them up for them having to go through the same thing. I always kind of like to shape that question for, you know, onboarding clients or clients that are maybe losing motivation that have kids is like, you know, what do you want their life to be like at 25 or 35? Like when they're your age, do you want them dealing with the same struggles you're dealing with, with your confidence and your health issues and things like that, you know, or do you have a a better vision for them? And if you have a better vision for them, why don't you just go ahead and emulate that, become that person so they can just follow in your footsteps versus fall in your footsteps where you are right now unhappy with where you are and things like that. And then them have to go through the changes you should be making at the moment. So I, I, yeah. I love that. I love that. That's kind of where, where you're headed with it. That's kind of why I asked that question. Cause I'm like, you, you got little ones at home, so they're going to grow up and become who you are more than likely. Well, hopefully better than me, but yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> well, well they, yeah. they, yeah, they will be because they'll, they'll be started off without, you know, 18 years of, of, of struggling with that stuff. Um, right. And, and can have a smoother journey with it. So that's exciting. Well, and I love to yeah. like fitness is pretty big within your family from what I can see. Like, mm-hmm. you know, your wife works out, she eats pretty healthy, you work out, you eat pretty healthy. So I think, you know, when you grow up and you see kids or your, your kids will see that. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's just going to be a normal thing. It won't be forced. Yeah. Like, you know, Max sees, Max knows bodybuilding poses already. Not because I make him do it, but because yeah. he just, he just sees, he it. Just sees it. Picks it you up. You know what I mean? Sponges. Yeah. Like I have pictures uh, of me on uh, a posing call. And he's like posing behind the camera, trying to like mimic what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. parents, you know, little boys want to grow up. They want to be like their dad. Their little girls want to be like their moms. It's mm-hmm. they see you working out. They see you eating good. And I think naturally they just, they pick it up and, you know, you, you could potentially be setting, not only setting your family up for generations uh, financially, you know what I mean? But also health wise, which is, yeah. could be, is yeah. almost like another term of finances. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can actually enjoy that life. money in, 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 in a fun way yeah. versus spending all that shit on doctors. For bills. sure. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's walking the walk and talking the talk, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. in, in your guys's industry, I don't think you'd do too well if you were tremendously overweight and lazy. Nope. You know, it's, nope. You, I do. All right. You know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't do well. <laughs> I wouldn't do well to lead the, the, the teams that I lead if I wasn't willing to work hard and put in the time and, you know, all that stuff, like you, you've got to, you've got to sh- lead by example. And, you know, that's with going back to the kids, of, you know, I'm not going to be the dad that tells them, Hey, you need to work out. You need to get outside. You need to not watch too much TV. They're just yeah. going to see me do that. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. 100. What, uh, what are, you know, I know you're a big reader. Um, what are some books that you would recommend to, 
uh, maybe our audience are fellow entrepreneurs who are looking to take the next step in their life, maybe looking to map things out. Like what, what are some of your favorite books that you've read that have uh, inspired you the most? Well, I just got done reading that book. You loaned me as a matter of fact, the E-Myth. And I think that's probably the most relevant book I can think of for anybody who is considering uh, taking that step into being an entrepreneur. I mean, that was, that, it's a great, it, it sets the tone for how to evaluate yourself and, you know, get, get into business and if it makes sense for you. Um, but then when it comes to what, what, are you, are you done writing in it? <laughs> I, I, I have two copies now. One of them's clean and it's yours. <laughs> no, Marcus, we were talking about that book and he's like, yeah, you know, I was highlighting some stuff in it. I like to highlight why I read. I was like, you're, you're just writing in my book. And he's like, holy shit, I forgot you gave that to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but I'm trying to think, uh, you know, uh, I, I take uh, my upper level uh, executives through, we do a weekly uh, team development where we get together and I assign a reading from a book every, every week and we get together and talk about it. As a matter of fact, today we're starting a new book. It's our first chapter in a new book. It's called Ego is the Enemy. Great book for... Um, anybody, it doesn't matter whether you're an entrepreneur or, um, you know, uh, any, anybody in any part of their life, it, it's relevant. And so I'd recommend it, but, um, extreme ownership by, uh, Jocko Willink, absolutely a must read for anybody who wants to take charge of their own life and, um, you know, or start a business or anything. Um, and then probably the last one that comes to mind is, uh, the five dysfunctions of a team. Um, really, really great book for, how to interact with people, whether, you know, it's at a team on a team at work or in your guys' case, clients, whatever it is, um, you know, to, to break down dysfunction in groups of people. Um, have you, ever read, my recommendations. Have you ever read any of John Maxwell's books? Many of them. Yeah. He's, I like those. Yeah. John Maxwell, Patrick Lencioni. I mean, uh, Jocko Willink. I mean, there's a lot of those, uh, um, authors that have a lot of good good things to say oh yeah i like it marcus you got anything else man no that's it i'm trying to get my daughter to come over here it's the one time he's ever not wanted to come fuck with me yeah half, computer. half the time he comes down and the whole computer shakes yeah it does he tries to squeeze it and knock it over but yeah he's just sitting there not coming over being an asshole that's what's up yeah no, no i think we've been going for well not quite 90 but from the time we started we got yeah. on yeah, a little. Uh, well. Chad, appreciate it, man. Yeah, Chad, thanks for bringing yeah. Uh, yeah. your beautiful hair and your beautiful face on <laughs> yeah. right early morning. Well, I, <laughs> I appreciate you guys inviting me. It was it was a lot of fun. Definitely, man. Hell yeah! Ha happy to have you on. Uh, appreciate you sharing all your insights and your journey and the journey of Big Biscuit. Um, like I said, I didn't know that before we chatted at the gym, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I love it, man. And uh, yeah, I. Uh, Grateful that you came on. Grateful, you know, you chose to hire me. You know, I really enjoy talking business and everything with you every week. So glad that we uh, were able to get you on here and spread the word of Big Biscuit a little bit and its backstory, your story, and true food fitness family podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, yeah. then, uh, Chad, have a great day at work. You know, the stores are already open and whatnot. Caleb, I hope you have a bad day. Chad's and, day uh, is like halfway over. <laughs> yeah, <it> is. <laughs> Marcus, your eyes look better. Come here. Oh, he's got something in his mouth. That's why he doesn't want to come over. Your eyes look better, Marcus. Yeah. Yeah, you don't look yeah. as much shitty as what you did when we got on the call. Yeah, whatever. All right, I fellas. Hope you, I, hope you, I hope your lunch is cold. Oh, 
That's weird. Right. That's weird. All right, guys. Well, Chad, good... I hope you actually have a good day. Fuck there you, Marcus. You, <laughs> you guys have a good Thursday. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Listeners, have a great week. Oh, yeah. Let's have a good Monday. I forgot. It's, yes, I forget we always record before. Yeah. All have right, a good fellas. day, guys.